Good morning, Liberty Lake Church. Why don't you all, for one, I think, why don't we have people start coming up closer? Because there's really big, empty spaces. And there are more people here than it looks. Well, fine. All right. Why don't you all stand with us and we'll get started with some singing. You are the only king for 
all take a seat. I love space. <laughs> Jerry said, be nice to him. <laughs> you know, I got to tell you something. I'd like to start with it. I'm picking on Jerry, but it's a good pick on Jerry. Years back, I mean, it was a long time ago. I didn't have to suck in for pictures, and my hair was black, and all kinds of good stuff. Jerry made a comment, and he was discussing uh, the person of Jesus Christ. And Jerry said, if that doesn't light, light your fire, your wood's all wet. And that thing's always stuck in my head. It's always stuck in my head that, and the Word of God does light our fire. So I'd like to start real quick with this. So here's what I want you to do. God helping you take your everyday, ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work, walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for Him. Don't become so well-adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. Good stuff, huh? My name's Don. I'm just a worker bee around the church, a skilled monkey that hangs with Bill and Alan. And of course, you probably figured out there's no kids rock today because it's a holiday. And you kind of look around, and most of the young families are out and about. If we were in Canada, it'd be out and about. John is going to get started on the book of John. No, Tyler's going to be teach. No, John's going to teach the book of Tyler. <laughs> I exercise the labor of love. I've been up since 5 o'clock this morning smoking a 12-pound brisket for my family today. <laughs> okay, Tyler Whitlatch is going to teach the gospel of John. They will not meet tomorrow because it is a holiday. So they'll fire up June 7th. Church work day. Plan on that June 19th. And a little side note to that. I don't know, not, not many of us go out here, but a huge tree blew over into Luke's property. So we can blame Luke and say it's his problem, but it's technically our tree. So a bunch of us guys are going to get together and cut it down. And we're not sure, but talk to Alan uh, Bill is really the guy in charge of all that. Raise your hand, Bill. Wave to the people. Bill is really, he's, he's the guy that oversees a lot of this stuff and puts the teams together. So if you're interested in doing that, contact Bill. Women's Tea. Mark your calendar, Saturday, June 26th at 2 o'clock, and there is a sign-up sheet in the foyer. And that's all I got for you. I'm going to be good to you, Jerry. I will tell you this. I, I'm excited because Jerry's got a heart for Jesus Christ. And if you know Jerry, you know he does. And uh, I was teasing a lot of folks when they came into church today, and I said, uh, you should have brought snacks because Jerry is commanding the pulpit. 
and he gets wound up, and it's a good thing. So, what are you, you going to wrap it up around three this afternoon, maybe? Oh, okay. All right, you want to stand with us?
Am I up? Well, good morning. It's been a long time, isn't it, since I've been up here in the church here. My oldest son, Steve, and oh, my daughter-in-law are here in the third row, the only ones close, brave enough to, they've got the $800 seats, and you got to come early to get a back seat. Well, I... Well, you know, okay, you know how I look at it, though, us, us being here this morning? I mean, I'm here by divine appointment, okay? All the Sundays that I haven't been here, I was in Gig Harbor last weekend, all the places in the Sandpoint before then and whatever, so here I am. Here you are. God's got something to say to you today. You believe that? All right, now listen up, Okay. And sometimes we miss that. We, sometimes we don't come with an attitude of, God, you got something to say to me. Now, when I just speak so seldom in some places, I always wonder, well, what should I do? Well, here's what I usually have started. Well, I think I've been doing this for quite a while. When I'm only one, in one place for, haven't been for a long time, What's lit my fire recently on passages of Scripture that I've read? So that's what I'm going to do this morning. 
as we, uh, as we turn to this particular passage. So I just pray that the Spirit of God will touch your heart through His Word today and make it alive and real to us. And oh, the, the days, whoever dreamed that we'd be living in the times that we're living in. And uh, everything just shocks me. You know, I was preaching in Sandpoint a couple of weeks ago. And one of the men in the church there, uh, he was there without his wife. And somebody told me, well, she was a little emotional, so she couldn't come today. But his, her husband was there. Well, then I found out their daughter, uh, her, their daughter's boyfriend shot and killed her two weeks ago. And I, I thought, what kind of a world are we living in? So then I called them a couple of days later to encourage them, this couple that had just lost their daughter. And I've got something to say about that in just a minute. So what I've been doing is I read through different, I read through uh, some books in the Old Testament and the New Testament, Old Testament. I recently read through the book of Acts recently. And who can, you know, you can't, you can't explain this to anybody. You know, when you've read something hundreds of times, and we've all done it, haven't we? Don't, just you nod your head, yes. You've read a passage a hundred times, but today or whatever, it gripped you in a fresh new way. Tell me we've all had that experience. Say, yes, Jerry. All right. We've all the third and fourth chapters of Acts. So I'm going to ask you to turn to Acts chapter 3. And we're just going to hit highlights. Don't think I'm going to go detail on two chapters. It will be here till Jesus comes back. So we'll just hit some highlights here and see what God has to say to us. And, and God has used this in my life in such a special way. Chapter 3. Now here's some of the first things that would come to mind. Okay, we're close to the crucifixion has just happened. The resurrection has just happened. So we've got a lot of fresh stuff that's a first-time stuff and that's really so important. And that's why if you remember in Acts chapter 1, stay in Jerusalem till the Holy Spirit comes. He's going to come and indwell all of you. And you're going to be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, the uttermost parts of the earth. And now he's going to develop that in all of these chapters. So stay there in Jerusalem till it happens. Chapter 1, verse 8, it happened. The Spirit came. Chapter 2, everybody, Peter's famous sermon on Pentecost. Right? Okay, we've all got that. Okay, now we come to, I know, it's, uh, some of you are looking at me. I can, I can read your mind. That's all right. So what we're coming to is the first miracle and the first persecution and the first everything. And you're going to watch it just from the rest of Acts. You're just going to watch it go like this down through time. So... And, of course, like some people think that Calvary and the cross was man's last word. 
But the empty tomb was, was God's last word, and we've got it all here before us. All right, now let's take a look at Acts chapter 3. And my favorite part of the whole thing is what I'm going to develop first, and then I'll just pick out a couple of other little highlights before we finish up here. All right. I'm reading now. One day, Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. Oh, I added the 3 o'clock. I mean, I got... Anyway, just follow me, all right? There they are going to the temple at the time of prayer at 3 in the afternoon. Now, before stop right there for just a minute. What you've got to understand when you read the book of Acts, and I've gotten into a lot of discussions with people on this, you've got to be careful with the first 10 chapters of Acts because it's a transition period from the old to the new. That's why the Jewish people... We're still connected to the temple, the prayer time. They're John and Peter are going in. In these first chapters of Acts, the Jew and Gentile coming into one body of Christ, and he's weaving this all together. Now, if you miss that, you can get some crazy teaching out of the first chapters of Acts. You've got to be very careful with that. So that's what's happening. All right. All right, now he's weaving this together. And then you think of Peter and John. Can you think of the friendship they had? They were fishermen together. They helped prepare the Last Supper. They were the first ones to run, run to the empty tomb. And, I mean, they had to be buddies, right? Can you imagine what good friends the two of them were? Okay, now, oh. How can one thing hit you so hard, and we're going to camp on it, so hang on now. Here it is. Here's my first point that I wanted all of us to come to grips with. All right. There they are in the temple, 3 o'clock in the afternoon. There's just little things if you miss, you miss the power of it all. Now, here's a crippled man. From birth, he's over, okay, he's over 40 years old. The end of the chapter says that, okay? A crippled guy over 40 years being crippled. Crippled from birth, he was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful. There were several gates to get into the temple. This, he just picked out a choice area to beg in. You know, like if you, you've seen guys in different areas that are begging. Well, they try to find a great location where there's a lot of people, right? So get as much as possible. So we can all get that part. So the crippled man from birth being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put every day to beg from those going into the temple. Right, look up a minute. Now tell me you picture this. Forty years brought him to the same gate called Beautiful and laid him there to beg every day for over 40 years. See, if we don't get some of that, then we don't get how amazing this whole thing is. 
Now, when he saw Peter and John about to enter the temple area, he asked them for money. You know, I'd like a little donation on the way in to Peter and John. Peter's looked straight at him. As did John. Then Peter said, look at us. So the, Now, what do you think? He's begging. Peter says, look at us. What do you think he's expecting? Kind of a nice little handout? Okay, all right. Look at us. So the man gave, gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them, I should say so. Then Peter said, please underline in red, underline, highlight it. I don't care what else you do with this verse. Peter said, silver or gold I do not have, but what I do have I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up, and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. By the way, I'm not even going to charge you for this thought. But see the man's feet and ankles? Only you. Who wrote the book of Acts? Class, all right, Luke. He was a doctor, right? These are the only medical terms in the Gospels that Luke used. Now, I, 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 I like that, but you don't look like you're going to do cartwheels over that. But, you know, it's just part of what makes Scripture so awesome with Luke, the only one who's going to use these kind of words. The man's feet and ankle bone, ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet and began to walk. Then he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. Question class, after he'd been laying there for over 40 years every day, and now Peter and John are walking into the temple area with him, what do you think the people thought? Think they got, I mean, do you, do you, can you even fathom what they're observing? Okay, they went with him into the temple courts, walking, jumping, praising God. And when all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognized him as the same God, guy, the same man who used to sit begging there for the last 40-plus years. ...at just what had happened to him. All right, that's a good place to stop for just a minute. All right. Now, what do I want to camp on right here? Here's what I want to camp on. And I've thought a lot about it, a lot about it. Peter said to this beggar, silver and gold I do not have. And a lot of us could say the same thing. You know, I like to tell people I'm, you know, I've got something money can't buy poverty, but you've heard me say that. So anyway, here he is. Peter saying, silver and gold we do not have, but I'll tell you what we do have. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. I've got, that's the, that's where the power is, 
And that's what I've got to offer you. I can't offer you silver and gold, but I'll tell you what I do have. And I give unto you. Now, how do we apply that to our lives? How do we apply that to our lives today? You can't give away what you don't have. And I look at all of our lives sitting here today, and I was thinking of an an article I read, and I just got it here in my notes. Uh, Many years ago, there was a, this was in a, in a book of some kind, and I can't remember, but the Pope was sitting there counting the silver and gold. And the Pope said, silver and gold, well, I can't really say, have we none? Because we got plenty of silver and gold, the Pope was talking about. And then a man looked at him and said, yes, you've got silver and gold. But I'll tell you something you can't say, you know, Neither can you say to rise up and walk because you've got the silver and gold, but the church has lost its power. Think we might be there today when you look at the whole picture? So what do we have? So all of us as we walk through life, Okay, let me just give you a little simple picture of my life the last couple of weeks. Okay, a couple of weeks ago, I got my oil changed down at Toyota. And just had an incredible time talking with a brilliant young gal who was in the medical field. And got to walk her through how I came to faith in Christ and what it could mean in her life. Had a wonderful, a wonderful time. And I could say message for I didn't tell her, sit there saying, silver and gold have I none. But let me share with you what I do have. I've got a vibrant living relationship with the living Christ. And I've got a peace and a joy that I've never known before. The joy of being loved and forgiven, that I can give to you and share with you, which I did. And then before I checked out, the guy that checked me out, I got, I already sown some seed and watered some seed with him, and I followed up a little bit with him too while I was at Toyota. I'm not going to leave. I know. And most of you know me. If they're breathing, I'm talking to them. So it's just fun to tell two people, isn't it? Let them know what's available to them. And then this week, oh, and then last week too, by the way, too, when I went over to where I was going to meet uh, uh, Dig Harbor, I got there early and I was parked at a place where I was waiting for the pastor of the church to come and pick me up. And I got out of my car. I was tired of a long drive over there. And another young guy came out of the car coffee shop there while I was standing there waiting and and I just said hi to him and he seemed like he was talkative so we stopped wanting to talk a while guess what he heard <laughs> silver and gold have I none hey let me tell you what I do have and I just had an awesome talk with him now this week this week I okay I, I got my lenses changed and my glasses well they didn't get it right okay don't get don't don't you know, so I had to go back in this week. 
and gets it, get that checked. So I'm in, the, I'm in a pretty big room, and the only other person by me was a young mother. So I got in an awesome talk with her. Silver and gold, have I none? So let me tell you what I do have. And I had a wonderful talk with her, telling her, you know, peace, joy, whatever. You know, just God lead me into sharing with her, but just to share with her. And how many people have never heard? It's not religion. It's not church. It's a relationship with a person that loved you enough to go to the cross for you. And I've had so many people in the last couple of years, more than any time in my life, nobody's ever told me that. I've never heard that before. Well, I went to church for 20 years and never heard that either. So, on wonderful talk with her. Well, then I finally got in. And by the way, isn't it amazing? The so- you ever think about the sovereignty of God in all of these situations? We're the only two sitting in a whole big room. Well, I don't you know. That's a miracle. And just the two of us were sitting there, and then waiting to get waiting to get called in, but neither one of us got called in until I was through talking the way and saying what I felt like needed to be said. And she had plenty to think about when she went in to, for her little appointment. And finally, after she did, I went in. And then there's somebody else gonna run me through the first stuff before the main guy comes in. Well, and then we, I got to talking to her too. So anyway, this last week, these last two weeks, when I think about all these people that God brings in and out of my life, but isn't it so awesome when you could just one by one talk? Where are you in your life? Where are you hurting? Let me tell you how, you know, I went to church for years, twenty, almost 20 years didn't mean anything in my life. Let me tell you how it all came alive to me. And let me tell you what's available to you. And so, here's what I wrote down here. What we have, I give unto you. And the first thing I have to offer you, I know I'm loved and forgiven. Do you know the joy that comes through knowing I'm loved and forgiven? Can I share with you how you can know that? See, I don't have silver and gold, but what I do have, and this is what I do have, I'm going to give unto you. And that's why every one of you sitting here, now look at me, every one of you sitting here, what have you got? to offer. What do you have to say to everybody that comes in and out of your life? And being able to walk them through the first time. And now all of us have a different thing. When we first came to Christ, maybe some of you can't remember it back that far. It was 67 and a half years ago for me. I can still remember where I was standing on the campus when I stood there and trusted Christ as my Savior in the middle of a campus all by myself, prayed and asked Christ to forgive me for the first time. And for the first time in my life, I felt peace. Because the last couple of years, last two years of high school and that first half a year of college, there was just a spiritual battle going on with inside of me. 
Anyway, finally raised the right white flag and surrendered. And I had a peace I've never known before. Well, silver and gold have I none. But what I do have is a peace that I'd like to share with you. Because all of us, as we go through life, don't we all need his kind of peace when all of the trials and all of the testings and all the, all the storms of life come? We know someone that can still whisper, peace be still, to whatever storm you're in. Isn't that wonderful when we can share that with the people in and out of our lives? That you can have a peace in the middle of whatever storm you're in. Can we talk about that? And that's why the other week when I called Randy and Pam, whose daughter had just been shot, and talking with them, talking with him. And as he talked about this horrible tragedy, and the peace that they were experiencing right now, and being able to share with all the people in their sphere of influence, wondering how are you going to make it through this tragedy. But Randy and Pam could say, silver and gold we don't have, but we do have a peace that we'd like to share with you. Shared with anybody that peace lately? We've experienced it, haven't we? Yes, Jerry, talk to me. We've experienced it, haven't we? And then, not only peace, but joy. Can you imagine this guy laying over 40 years old, hasn't taken one stinking step in his whole life? Leaping and jumping and praising God and the people looking, that's the sucker that's been laying there for the last, we've been giving the guy money for the last 40-some years. You think they were impressed? <laughs> the religious leaders weren't, by the way. Duh. Talk about that later, right? If I ever get there. But anyway, yeah, look at that, look at that kind of joy. Right. But you know, in some ways, when you look at it, weren't we all cripples? Weren't we all lepers who've been cleansed? Huh? Man, gets, you know, you've heard me say it, and I'll say it again. Man, if we've got the joy of the Lord in our heart, tell your face. I mean, what's more contagious than a joyful Christian? Well, why do I have to? Let me talk about my joy in a situation where most people can't find it. And you know what? The reason I'm bringing that up is because this week I turned my television on and sat through a half hour interview with Johnny Erickson Tata. I sat there with tears in my eyes for a, a half hour. She's in her 70s. 55 years she sat in that wheelchair. Can't put up her own, can't put her own makeup on, can't comb her hair, can't get dressed, can't do anything. She's battled cancer these last years. She got COVID. She's been through it all. 
And she talked about how many days when I thought she'd say to her husband, I can't make it one more day. And she said, and then the joy came back, and then I, I wrote this down. She said, my joy in all my 55 years of sitting in this wheelchair, I can still pass on to hurting people the joy I have today because of the risen Christ. So she can say silver and gold, have I none. But I'll tell you, she's filling a lot of people with the kind of joy they never dreamed they could have. I met her personally one time. Johnny Erickson taught in Portland, Oregon. I still remember kneeling at her wheelchair and talking with her. And she's my hero, still is. Oh, oh, and then, okay, I'm almost through with this part of it. That's the joy. That's the peace. Well, something else we've had that we've never had before. We've been set free from the bondage where for the first time in our lives we can say no to sin. So when you meet people that are in bondage to whatever and you're talking to them and sharing with them, silver and gold I I do not have. But I can share with you a power that you don't have in whatever thing you're addicted to that can give you the power from where you're at. Can I share this living Christ with you? And you can share that kind of power. And then one of my favorite, because of my age. Okay, most of you know I'm sniffing glory. So I've just got, I'm, I'm living with a sense of urgency. I think I've been there quite a while. I've been there quite a while, haven't I? <laughs> yeah, I've been living with a sense of urgency for quite a while. But anyway, another I'm just weaving all these thoughts down. Another thing we have. I talk about this more than I ever have. And it's because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, we've got a hope. And if I don't wake up tomorrow morning, I'm going to be with Christ forever. No, don't you think that's a hope that I can live with? You mean, how many people do you think know, wish they had that kind of hope? You think I love telling them about it? Yes, I do, this week. Let me tell you about a hope that you need, and so do I. And I don't know why I got in this recently, too. You know the greatest gift that you can give your family? You ever? I don't know if you've heard this before. The greatest gift you can give your family is let them know that you belong to Jesus Christ. And if some nut drives you off the freeway, which had happened to me one trip in the last few months, I'm going to be with Christ forever. Would you like to have that kind of hope? And beside that, you know what else I want you to know? I don't ever want you to doubt where I am when you get the phone call, Jerry's gone. None of you people aren't going to sit there, oh, I wonder where he's at. You'll know where I'm going to be, right? That's the greatest gift you can give to your family. And I tell teenagers, you know the greatest gift you can give to your family? Let them know that you know Jesus. So if you're out partying some night and you don't come home, 
They don't have to wonder the rest of their life where you where where you are. Now, I some of you are you got a funny looks today. Isn't it incredible to have that kind of hope? So silver and gold I don't have, but I've got hope for all eternity. Can we talk about that? It's amazing how many people are willing to talk about some of this. So what did I say here? <laughs> Knowing just that I'm loved and forgiven, the joy, power, peace, and hope, all of those words trickle through our lives at different times. And we can pass it on and say, silver and gold have we none. But, oh, can I tell you about the peace that you need right now? Or maybe I can tell whoever I'm talking to, depends on where I go with this, let me tell you about a hope that will sustain you through anything. Class, how you doing? Sharing with anybody your hope lately? Sharing your peace with anybody lately? Your joy? Well, that's why he's left us here. Why didn't he call us home when we became Christians? He left us here to make a difference. And there's a lot of broken people out there. All of us are broken people. Praise God, he still can dig, you know, bring fruit from a broken tree. Isn't that awesome? <laughs> Do that with us? So that's my challenge to every one of you this morning. As the days and weeks and months to come, you get those words cemented in your mind. Love, joy, peace, and the hope we have. And God, when I get into conversations and somebody I'm talking to needs peace, I know what to say. They're looking for some hope. I know what to say. They look for a power because they can't break something they're chained to. We've got someone that can help you with that. His name is Jesus. Can we talk about that? All right. Just say, I've got that. Just tell me, I got, you got that. Okay? Okay, would you do what I do every day? And my little twin sister, my little twin sister, yeah, she's a little twin sister, who's at home. You know what my twin sister does every day? <laughs> she told me this. Every day, she said, I get up. My first prayer is for you, and I always pray, Jesus, bring somebody into my brother's life that he can talk to about Jesus today. She said, I pray that for you every day. Isn't it wonderful to have a sister like that? You got somebody praying that for you? And I'll tell you, that's another reason why I tell you, without prayer, it isn't going to happen. But I'll tell you, you know, one of the things that thrilled yeah, just <laughs> this whole last week at home when I got home, and how many people either called me or texted me this week saying to me how much they prayed for me last weekend. Well, no wonder God did some incredible stuff. People are always asking me, why do all these people come into your life? I don't know. I didn't invite them. <laughs> But they sure show up. 
And most of you know I don't have a trouble talking either. <laughs> but, oh, look what we've got to share. Oh, man, if you shut me up for two weeks, I'd die. Okay? So, remember the famous three open prayer? God opened doors for me to bring up Jesus. God opened hearts and opened my mouth. Remember that? Okay, write that one down. Especially pray that God will open your mouth. Because you've got a lot of stuff that God's weaved in and out of your lives to share with the people that come in and out of your life. Oh, oh good. Oh, I don't know what to do now. Okay, here, let me. Oh, shoot. Okay. All right, pick, we're going to pick up. Okay, all right, just hang on while I read a little bit more. and We're still there in chapter 3. Okay, we've got we to bring all the heavyweights into this. And when the beggar held on to Peter and John, and the people were astonished and came running to them, and okay, okay, now but, oh, 12. When Peter saw this, he said to them, oh, I love this too. When Peter saw the crowd that was coming to him, oh, oh, I, oh, I underline this too. When Peter saw them coming, he said to them, men of Israel, why does this surprise you? Why do you stare at us as if by our power or godliness we, man, we made this man to walk? Why are you looking at us? And thinking that we're in, here's this guy standing here that you've been giving money to for the last 40 plus years. He's standing, can you imagine what that man looked, physically looked like? You've been laying there for 40 some years. And you're looking at us? Don't look at us like our power had anything to do with this. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our fathers, has glorified his servant Jesus. What's the point? He, everything that came up, Peter and John reflected back to the Savior. Get your eyes off people and get them back on Jesus. That's where the power comes. That's when, I love that when Peter said, don't look at us. We didn't do this. The power of the living Christ did this. So get your eyes on him and stay there. Because when you focus on people, they're going to disappoint you, aren't they? I don't want to disappoint anybody, but I know I do. I know I do. But aren't you glad or pray that they'll look away and see the Savior? Okay, and look at how many people today, big time. I I better not say that. I'm just going to say I don't want you throwing something at me, even though I'm tempted to say it. Anyway, all right. Now, here's Peter talking to these guys. You disowned the holy and righteous one and asked for a murder to be released to you. Now, Peter's talking to the people. Can you say him? This is what you did. The power's in Jesus, not us. But you disowned him. Okay? You asked a murderer to be released to you. You killed the author of life, but God raised him from the dead. We are witnesses of this. 
by faith in his name of, by faith in the name of Jesus, this man who you see and know was made strong. It is Jesus' name and faith that comes through him that has given this complete healing to him, as you can all see. So here he stands, perfectly whole, focus on what the power of Christ has done in his life, and get your eyes off us. That's the next, second little point there. Oh, God, we're good. just don't focus on people. They'll disappoint you. None of us want to, but we do. All right. Now, okay, what's the other thing I wanted to say? Okay, now go down to chapter, let your eye go down to chapter 4 for just a minute. Now the big heavyweights are going to get into this, this discussion now. The priests and the captain of the temple guard and the Sadducees came to Peter and John while they were speaking to the people. And, you know, all the religious hierarchy, all the big-named guys, they were so thrilled at this miracle. They were so ticked off about this miracle. Doesn't that show you what religion will do? The bankruptcy of religion. They were greatly disturbed because the apostles were teaching the people and proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection of the dead, because the sad you sees didn't even believe in the resurrection. And that's why they were sad, you see. You remember that. I, you, I'm going to charge you for that. Okay, they seized Peter and John, and because it was evening, they put him in jail. Oh, good night. But many who heard the message believed. Praise God, they did. And the numbers of about 5,000, and the, the church is exploding. The next day, oh, the next day, rulers, elders, and teachers of the law met in Jerusalem. Annas, the high priest, was there. And there was also Caiaphas, and John, and Alexander, and all the men of the high priest's family. Here's the whole Sanhedrin the most powerful men in all of Israel, in all of Jerusalem. And we're, I wrote myself another note on this. Here, here it is. All these religious leaders, power-hungry, hateful, corrupt. Well, I won't say what I was going to say with that. Almost know who fits that. Power-hungry, hateful, corrupt men. And that's what they were. And Peter and John were brought before them. And then by, and they said, by what power? And by what power or name did you do this? And so then they just said, then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said it's in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified. Now, there might be a thought here you haven't given much thought to. And I, this is another thing that just, oh, this blessed me so much. Peter's looking at the most powerful men of his day. It's in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead. 
And that's the reason that this man stands before you whole. And they were so ticked off because there's nothing they could say about it. He's standing there. <laughs> what do you say? And I just saw the bankruptcy of religion when you think of all those powerful men. But you know what blessed me the most? Look at how close we are from this passage to the crucifixion. Here's Peter, bold, confident, courageous, telling the most powerful man in his day, you killed the Son of Man, but God raised him from the dead. What did Peter do a few months before then? Stood before a little servant girl, swearing that he didn't even know him. Question, class. Think there's been any change in Peter's life? Duh. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Think, what's the change in Peter's life? The Holy Spirit and the resurrection. That's the change in Peter's life. And isn't that the change in ours? The Holy Spirit and the risen Christ. Man. Look what we have to go out and touch our world. And I love that. And then, of course, there's another part of this passage that all of you know from the past and heard many sermons on it either, so I'll probably, I'll just kind of close with this one. And all these men, oh, and then Peter also brought up, remember that verse? Oh, I memorized this and so have you. Is part of what he's telling, telling all of these men. Salvation is found in no one else, for there's no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. There's salvation in no other. And then, when these powerful men saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that these poor, two stinking fishermen had no, didn't go to any of the rabbinical schools, hadn't had any training. They were on the bottom of the totem pole on who they were. And look at the courage. Oh, my word. Look at the courage of these, of these two men. And all of these religious leaders said they were astonished and took note that these men had been with Jesus. Look up. Anybody spend some time around you and know that you've been with Jesus? That he's alive and real in your life and they can sense it? They can sense your peace, sense some of your joy? Did this describe all of us? They were astonished because they sensed that they had been with Jesus. Don't you want that said of all of us? Don't we? Say, yes, Jerry. All right, that's what we want. All right, saturate your mind with this book and watch God work. Those are just a few highlights from these two chapters. Yeah, isn't it just... I just love these two chapters. They just have fired me up here. So can't you hardly wait till tomorrow?
See who God's going to bring into your life this week? Okay, share some of your joy, some of your hope, some of your peace, some of your power. Share it and watch God work. Let's pray. Father, thank you for our time together this morning. There is no way we can express our gratitude for what it means to us to know that our faith and trust is in the living Christ who died for our sin and rose again from the dead. And Father, my prayer is there's one person sitting here this morning who has never put their personal faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. I pray that as they go home today in the car or before this day is over, that they would bow their heart and their knee and thank the Lord Jesus Christ for dying for their sin and ask for his forgiveness and come to personal faith and trust in him. I pray that if there's anyone here who has never done that. And for the rest of us, oh God, open hearts. Open hearts. Open doors. And oh Jesus, open our mouth. And I pray that we'll make a difference in somebody's life this week to the glory of Christ, in whose name we pray, amen. Amen. Now, anybody glad you came this morning? Anybody going to go? No, 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 don't. Okay. You got something to meditate on this week. Start praying now for the ones God wants to bring into your life that we can touch this week and to realize that's why he's left us here. Oh, we got a sorry, I did got a closing song. Okay, Lord bless you guys for being here. You want to stand with us. You unravel me with a melody. You surround me with a song. No.
Blessed are those who fear the Lord, who find great delight in his commands. Their children will be mighty in the land. The generation of the upright will be blessed. Amen. See you all next week.